I just saw a dead cat. It just got hit. Just right in the neighborhood street here on, on first, just east of Park. Uh, right by A Street here on Laverne. And, I mean, this, this thing had, had looked like it really had just gotten hit. I was walking. It's quiet. It's you know, almost midnight. And that was, I was walking and, uh, you know, just in the street, not even on the sidewalk. And I, I saw it sitting in some of, in front of someone's driveway. This looked like, I mean, he was bleeding from the head. And he, Certainly seemed like he got hit by a car in the head. I couldn't tell if, even though I was right up on it, I couldn't tell if the left side of his skull was was crushed or if he was laying down on that uh, the left side. His body wasn't didn't seem like it was really affected, but his head he was bleeding. All from his head. He's he's dead. Um, eyes open. Like he was scared. And uh, his mouth open. And his body was just stiff, but I, I mean, it was fresh. The blood was still so wet that when I turned the flashlight on my phone onto it. as in the perfect moment a little drop of blood fell from his eye and he was bleeding from every cavity in, in his head uh, and he, he was a domestic cat and I could tell that that was the case because uh, he had a little collar on I, I didn't touch him I kind of wanted to but uh, I didn't of, of course I thought of my cats Meowers and Godot um, but but more so and, and I just saw him a few minutes ago and I'm kind of just processing all of this more so I'm I don't know I'm just feeling uh, I just can't stop thinking about him and uh, you know he was looked to be a mostly grown cat looked to be a, you know, he's pretty he's black and white just the, the black on top and the white underbelly with white mitten paws and big yellow eyes that are now although still yellow also steeped in, in blood and um, it just is making me think about I think what some would call the futility of life I mean here's this beautiful animal that 
presumably was was loved, taken care of, had grown up so it had survived often the, the most difficult stages of life. Here it was, you know, killed potentially right in front of its home. And I'm thinking about the owners and what they are going to inevitably have to face tomorrow. Um, I, I hope they find it tomorrow. Someone will find it tomorrow. Um, I hope they don't wonder about it. I hope it doesn't, the coyote doesn't get to it or something. And I, I don't know. Maybe I should have checked its collar. Its collar looked like, I'm not sure if it had a name on it. It just looked like a rope, but I, I, it was clearly, at least in some way, domesticated. Um, again, I, I think that some people would refer to this as, as the pointlessness, the meaninglessness of life how quickly it all can go away. Why that has to happen. Why in such short order everything we do in life gets erased when taken like that, you know, Hinduism, call it our karma. I have a difficult time, although this is personal. And it could very well be the way that the universe works, but I, I guess I'm looking at karma as I'm about to describe it as some sort of punishment. And I, I suppose that what happens to us if it's to get placed back onto us isn't any more punishment than it is a reward. It's just what happens. I'm, I don't know. I, it certainly seems like to get hit by a car the head and bleed to death seems kind of like a punishment to me and uh, it just it just brought this feeling of, of sadness uh, into me just to see it there it's hapless Lifeless. Again, look scared. Look like it was the terror was frozen on its face eternally. And that's uh, I know that. rest 
in death. I know there is some sort of resolve in it. Derrida calls death a kind of gift. It's an alleviation of so many things. It's also an ending of so many things that we find wonderful um, along with painful. Again, it's in this way of alleviating or of calling something alleviated or lost or gained, we put this hierarchy uh, ascribe value to words that we, we, we don't ultimately know what they mean. We, we think we know the value of something, but the reality is we, ultimately we don't, but maybe kind of the point of it is is that we are feeling our way through the darkness of our own interpretations and when we come up against something that is heavy in our hands use something extra something that supports us beyond our our physical strength beyond the strength that we're given to through what's known and you might call that faith or an ability to put a positive spin or a hopeful um, a hopeful kind of bent optimistic view on what it is whatever it was just witnessed but there's And uh, an impression in, in your mind and in your spirit when you see something like that, uh, maybe especially to an animal, uh, it makes you wonder and, and kind of question. I mean, you can't help but question, you know, fucking why? Why would that happen? Why did it? have to happen that way and, and there, and there there's, there's nothing certainly I could do about it hell it happened if it had happened right in front of me what am I going to do about it I'm thinking about all the things in the world I mean larger scale of horror and tragedy that 
takes place every day. <laughs> a cat getting hit by a car might seem on the low end of that Richter scale of terror. still potentially extremely effectual on a person, um, especially given the fact that it's right there in front of you, you know, that's the, uh, you can, you can talk about, you know, war and the terrors of things that are in so many ways a thousand times more dreadful, more difficult. But if you're talking about something that happened in the past or something that's going on currently but on the other side of the world, it's actually not as horrific as whatever calamity even if again on that scale it registers as relatively small there's a great deal of weight still to it when the thing is right in front of you and clearly for that particular being, the, the cat itself, I don't think I can imagine anything much more terrible. Although, again, it's difficult to say. I mean, it probably got hit and felt potentially nothing, I, I suppose. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, again, it, there was no sign of suffer, I mean, <laughs> there was no sign that there was any lingering suffer, uh, although, who knows, it seemed like it got hit and, and just died right there, man, I, on impact, I, but fuck, think, think about things that do suffer when I was, and then, and then die, you know, when I was first getting into theology, one of the things uh, that I read was this, uh, you know, the theodicy difficulties um, as the problem of evil, especially like a natural theodicy. An example I remember most clearly is one um, that I haven't obviously quite been able to get out of my mind for the better part of uh, 11 or 12 years here since I read it in the first place um, that's a give, gives an example of um, a forest fire and uh, not just a deer but a baby deer, Bambi <laughs> you know who's badly burned and staggers and stumbles, loses its family, is alone, badly burned, smoke inhalated, but it's not burned 
quite enough to die right away. Um, it, it suffers for a long time, and then, you know, it's, uh, I think it, the example just says it, it dies, but I just imagined it, you know, then gets, conf- right before it dies, it gets confronted by, you know, a predator shredded the part, the bits, you know. The, the innocence of an animal it's one thing if it's a human being I, I suppose I suppose but it's another thing entirely if, if it's an animal I suppose it doesn't make it much easier to swallow it and you know, regardless of a person's faith, regardless of a person's capacity for positivity, that doesn't necessarily, at least in the moment, make it any more difficult, or any, excuse me, any less difficult to, uh, to bear. I suppose you could argue <laughs> that point, but being sensitive to the happening, and maybe, you know, maybe the best thing to be is sensitive. Maybe that's what we're ultimately supposed to be, is just conscious of it, aware of it, and you know, have our own humanity with it. Uh, Bukowski says in the Charles Bukowski in this one dictation that or an interview he gave um, uh, a televised kind of documentary says that um, you know there are people out there who you know look at the world and especially the natural world and say oh you know there's the spider and the fly and the spider eats the fly and it's all part of nature and <laughs> it's my Bukowski imitation but um, and they and they say you know that's just a part of it they say how it happens um, until the spider jumps on them <laughs> and then it doesn't seem you know so calm right and he went on to make the point that when you're in it shit you feel the pain in it the difficulty lives with you it's tough when you're sensitive to it 
and we are all to a certain degree sensitive to it because we're all in it so I don't know if the point to it all is to be more sensitive to be more attuned to these kinds of of happenings just in general I don't know I I don't know can't tell you per se I mean we can sit and theorize about it what what good does theorizing ever really do it at the end of, of the day says the person who has hundreds of hours of sitting around contemplating shit on a microphone uh, to no one as he walks through the night streets of the world theorizing without action theorizing without the great thing about theorizing and philosophically working things out is it's more spiritual I suppose than anything hopefully that spirituality allows one to to act but what do we what do we what do we do what what's the act when we see a horror unfold or or have it unfolded in front of us. You know, what's to be done? What do we, what do we do with that? Where do we go? It's difficult. Um, so I don't know if we just recognize the, the, the difficulty. You know, I'm just kind of at a loss about it. I'm kind of, you know, am I gonna go adopt another cat? <laughs> you know, try and save that, you know, thing. I mean, uh, what does what does one do? Except recognize it, see one's own relationship to it. Deal with that reaction. I I, I honestly don't know I don't know I, I, I don't know and maybe not knowing is I maybe not knowing is I, I think this is uh, probably two uh, sentences juxtaposed to one another that are a little oxymoronic but is the the basis of knowing itself, right? You recognize uh, that you don't know, and um, you know you go from there um, because then the world's open for you. 
so yeah I'm I'm not sure what's to be done about any of it what I do know is that I just saw a dead cat and uh, and I feel just horrible about it and the world seems a slightly bleaker place at the moment and uh, I suppose ultimately that's okay or we just have to be okay with it because what else are we going to do how else are we supposed to react how else are we supposed to be what else are we supposed to think you know again we're we're in it we're victims to it we by being alive by saying yes to all these experiences of life make us vulnerable to all of these potentialities and realities when they come to fruition in any form as marvelous as I don't know, a freaking double rainbow or as horrible as death in an instant right in front of you What more can we do but take it in? What more can we be but at least at our core observers? What else can we do but observe? And then have some reaction to it that is, I suppose, contorted by our perception of and interpretation of the world as it is. I mean, one person is going to look at that dead cat and say, well, it's karma, right? It's the cat's karma. That's what it had coming to him. Another person is going to look at it and say, it's meaningless. I mean, it's just, you know, fucking cat's alive, now it's dead. It's what it is. That's the world that we live in, right? Another person's going to look at the world and say, it's fate. Another person is going to look at the world and say, that's what this cat in some cosmic way chose. Again, this is a dangerous way to start a sentence, but I think, (laughs) I think the best way is to at least initially just let it in.
you don't have to decide on the grand interpretation of it. At least not right away. Just kind of let it be. You can let it hit you and wash over you in any way that not even that you feel, but that anyway that it just does come at you. And I'm not saying you can have necessarily any reaction towards it. Um, because we certainly wouldn't advocate a reaction that breaks the golden rule in any way that you harm someone or, or anything like that. But outside of that, you can kind of have any reaction that, that you want. It's, it's, it's your world at the end of the day. It's your world to interpret. It's your world to... That's it. The world's sort of your clay, right? It's your phenomena. It's, it's your earth. It's your being with. It's your reaction to. Who are we to tell you what you're supposed to do with that? If, if you get too in to any kind of ideology you don't let this stuff seep in the way that it should and the way that it should is any way that you need it to and the way that you need it to is any way that it does And it's not easy. <laughs> not, uh, not by a long shot. And you can, uh, you can say, you know, that, well, you gotta have faith. Or, well, look at the bright side. And, and that's true. And I'm not, I'm not discounting that on the whole. also can't discount is that very real happening of that little drop of, of blood that came from this poor dead cat's eye as soon as I shone that light on it and That's something that is now a part of my experience as a human being. And it's that death is something that I will now always live with in a way, even if I don't remember it in the future. It is in a kind of butterflied effect on my entire being way. Um, it has had an impact on me and will always uh, in ways that I 
again in the future may never even be conscious of. And uh, I suppose all we can do at the end of the day is terms of things that we can't change is that we pray for that thing and uh, it's difficult because how do you even pray per se I mean what's the effectuality of, of prayer I, I'm not, I'm not going to debate the effectual nature of, of, of prayer You even have to wonder what the right way to do it is sometimes. You know, there is so much um, that we need to Keep in our <laughs> in, in the in the, in our minds to 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 be mindful about in terms of caring for folks. Um, there's too much too too much that we need to put out. Today we could never cover it in a single prayer session. The most saintly and mindful among us could never tackle it all. I, I can't even, to be completely honest, I don't even know exactly always how to do it. You just kind of do it. You don't even know what you're necessarily praying for or, or to. Or, I mean, sure, I can pray for the cat or I can just hope towards verity. I can hope, and that's that's the one of the many, many, many things that is so beautiful about Verity is that it gives you, or like the the God of old old language, it, it, to believe in something like that. Although in Verity we we are completely and totally positive of its existence. Not to say that the believers of the old language God aren't, but here they uh, they really serve the same end, which is they are a place in which to deposit our hopes. Verity is a it's a zone in which we place our aspirations, our sentiments. It's where we push them towards. If you don't have that, it's completely fine. You know, you you say, "Well, I I hope you you feel better," you know, to a, to a person, and be absolutely sincere. But then when you're not confronted with that person any longer, what, what do you hope 
two. You know, and you can still hope that they're that they're better or that they that they achieve what they need to. Or, but what do you? Where do you? Where do you deposit those hopes? And, and if nothing else, and I this is totally diminishing what Verity is. But uh, if nothing else, it's a place to deposit our hopes. It's a it's a bank that stores our will. I suppose you could even argue our will is good or bad. I mean, it's it's the unbiased uh, area, the ethereal sort of space or para space para you know dimension or that thing I shouldn't even say para because that makes it sound like it's you know next to or beside or not a true part of of our reality when certainly what verity is it's very much interlocking with with reality and phenomena as we know it so Again, if nothing else, though, it's simply a place that we we put these sorts of sentiments. Because <sighs> when you don't have anything else to do, you need some place to turn. And that's... That's what Verity is. That's what the God of, of old language is. It's a place um, that we can go to. It's a thing that we can go to when we when we have nothing here in the phenomenological world and the myriad of so many physical things um, so that's maybe what this is all about for, so far as me talking uh, talking it out this is my own form of a prayer uh, or that is both hoping towards the well-being or the whatever it is that happens to those things that have left this material world. Um, my, 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 my working it out sort of logically and, and a, a prayer. Um,
kind of peace.